been about three months, I think. I think it's been about three months, but um, I'm finally back with a new episode of this podcast, and I am joined by someone this time. I'm not speaking to myself like an idiot. Um, <laughs> I want to welcome Eric Borgard to the podcast. Thank you, man, for joining me. Hello, no problem. It's my pleasure. Uh, we have a long history of talking about this this kind of shit, so I'm glad you can uh, come on and and chat a little bit. Um, yeah, it's been a while, but you know I love to talk to horror and all things around it. So yeah. Um, but before we get started, uh, this podcast is finally on all streaming apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everything. It took forever. I don't know why the hosting site I was using was. It took like fucking four months to get everything to get it on everything, but it's officially up. So um, subscribe on everything uh, or whatever you use. I just wanted to get that out of the way before we start. No problem. That's very important subscription. I've heard that before too. That some places are tougher to get onto, no matter what you're trying to do. But. Well, I think with, you got everything up there. Yeah, with COVID too, it, I think it slowed everything down because I contacted them. After, it said like, um, so I use Anchor and it said mm-hmm. within like two weeks, it should be on everything. Like I don't have to do anything. I just, it hosts and it just pushes to everything. And I was like, oh, oh nice. cool. And then two months went by and I was like, I contacted them and I was like, um, are you going to put this on Apple or anything? And they got back and they were like, everything's delayed because of COVID and shit. So I was like, damn. But Yeah, that stuff's really messing everything up. It's probably less manpower to get to all that crap. Yeah, so. exactly. But at least it's up. And I wasn't making episodes anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, there you go. <laughs> um, so this week, we are going to talk about a movie that I had not heard of until you mentioned it. And I'm glad you did because oh. it's a pretty cool movie. Uh, and yeah, it is it. <laughs> it is called The Loved Ones, and it is directed... Oh, actually, you know what? Let's do this. This is only the fourth episode of this podcast, and I haven't had a guest on yet. So before we get okay. into this shit, I want to know what you're watching, other than what we're going to talk about, which is The Loved Ones. Oh, well, currently, I've been watching this bunch of shut, uh, Shutter stuff. Uh, the last thing I watched was... Uh, Three from Hell, is that correct? That's the name of it? The sequel to uh, yep, yep. Devil's Reject? Yep, I just watched that. I enjoy the hell out of that. So anything Rob Zombie does, pretty much I'm in for. I love his style. Uh, the ultra-violence works for the world that he's created. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just something about his movies attracts me. I think the only Rob Zombie movie I've seen is um, the Halloween remakes. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know, I'd like to defend those, but I can't really. I, I like the first one. It has some interesting ideas, but the second one really jumped the shark with me. Yeah. With the, uh, the whole uh, white horse metaphor and all that stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I, like, I actually enjoyed the first one. I thought, it was, I thought it was well done, but the second one was a little rough. And I haven't seen like House of a Thousand Corpses or anything, and I always get yelled at for not seeing that movie or, or any of his other stuff, but I need to yeah. jump on it. House of a Thousand Corpses is definitely my favorite one. Uh, I don't want to get into why, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You haven't seen it. It's another episode. (laughs) Yeah, but I definitely enjoy that one the most out of all his projects. Yeah, I need to watch that. Anything else? Any TV series? Uh, Not really. I just finished up uh, 
an anime I was finishing, but I mean, that's not really relevant yeah. to what we're talking about. <laughs> I haven't really watched anything on Shudder in a little while. I, I do love Shudder, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I love it. It's a great service. I just feel like as opposed to other streaming services, they don't cycle as much as like other ones do. I feel like you only get like three to four new titles on there every month as opposed to like a bigger platform like netflix and stuff can cycle in a bunch of stuff yeah that's true but i mean they 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 do a great job at curating so i mean all the stuff that's on there is quality and usually i find it uh i find those movies there first and then they trickle out elsewhere like i saw all of the the hell house series on shutter before it was on prime and all that stuff yeah did you <laughs> so we tried watching hell house 2 the other day and okay. I I loved the first one. I thought it was great. Did they completely switch like directors and and people, like crew and everything? Did that movie completely exchange hands because it felt 100% different? So, so yeah, it is a massive tone change. I'm not sure about the the cast and crew like what switched there if anything, <laughs> but I know that even I watched the third one as well, and the third one tries to like straddle um like both styles and both storylines mm-hmm. and kind of merge them. And I think it does a better job than the second one. But I mean, that first one is, it's just something different. Yeah. The first one creeped me the hell out. It really did. It, it got to me. Like I haven't been that creeped out since we saw, well, I think it was, we saw it together, the conjuring. Yeah. Uh, when that first came out, that, that unsettled the hell out of me. Like just yeah. being in my house, hearing creaks <laughs> and noises and hell house gave me the same kind of yeah, hell house feeling. was good, man. I wish they kind of. I wish they continued with the like quality with the second one. Yeah, I'm. I'm really not sure what happened there. I, mean, I don't. I don't hate it. It's just that that first one like really did something different with the found footage. I felt. Yeah. That, and the, the second one kind of feels just more formulaic to that genre. Something about fucking with haunted houses too that gets me because I love haunted houses so much. And that was always kind of a fear in the back of my head. Like, what if these people were just actually, like, murderers? So, well, yeah, it, it, it's a fun concept, too, because it's like you're putting your utmost trust in these people to be <laughs> what they say they are. Yeah. But you're also in an environment where you're not really supposed to trust them on some level. So. And did you ever watch Haunt? Yes, I did. That one. That was, was awesome, too. <laughs> I don't know if you, uh, the other one I watched was, uh, oh, is, it, um, is it Fright Fest? I think it's got the girl from um, Scream and the Killing in it, the Scream television show. No, uh, I don't think she, I've seen that. She, I, saw, it was, I saw it on Amazon, like, maybe last Halloween. That one has a similar concept where it's, like, you know, like, uh, how they have Fright Nights at, uh, like, Six Flags and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, parks like that. It's, like, that kind of thing. But what if one person there isn't really part of the show but is walking around as if they are? Oh, that's pretty great. Yeah. I'd have to check that out. Um, I don't even know what the fuck I've been watching. I just watched shit. I'm so unprepared. I I don't even know what I watched. (laughs) Oh, dude, I watched, um, Marianne on Netflix. I don't think I've heard of that. What is that? It's a, it's a French horror, um, series. Dude. Oh, okay. You gotta check this out. It's, it's like, um, it has to do a lot with like witchcraft and shit. Marianne is a, is a witch and she haunts this girl throughout her whole life and she becomes like a writer, like a famous writer. And goes back to her hometown. And it is terrifying. 
Yeah, no, I will definitely check that out. The f- French horror scene is like very underrated to me. Dude, wicked, wicked horror. Like, I, underrated. I'm sure, I, I bet you've seen it, but the original Inside, the the French version, is like so much more messed up than the the, the American English speaking remake. I've never seen that. Oh, so it, uh, I don't want to get too much. I'll do like a brief like elevator pitch. <laughs> the, so the opening is uh this couple, this young couple. And they get into a like a horrific car accident, and the woman's pregnant. The husband dies, but she and the baby survive. And she ends up uh, living alone, like sad life, taking care of the baby. And a woman shows up at her door who wants the baby. And actually, she hasn't given birth yet, so it's like she's oh, defenseless in that kind of way. Yeah. But it turns the killer on its head because it's just like this almost she's not sweet obviously but she has the appearance of just a sweet middle-aged woman yeah that's crazy i want to check that out is that streaming on anything uh i'm not sure but i, I don't if you use uh just watch which is what i do you can just type in any title oh, and it'll okay. tell you everywhere it's streaming yeah oh, yeah, it is. yeah i usually just google it too yeah um and the other thing we've been watching it's kind of like trashy tv but it's a paranormal con film it's like one of those travel channel go shows Oh, okay. <laughs> There's some pretty great stuff on there. I love, like, that kind of cheesy ghost shit. I do sometimes because, like, <clears throat> I do feel like there is paranormal activity. It's just these shows kind of, <laughs> like, oh, get a up, bad name. It upplays them so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy. It's, it's like, well, if you were really catching all this activity, you you probably could be doing a little better than this TV show. <laughs> yeah, and and the the best are like the Bigfoot because it's not just ghosts. They do like Bigfoot and all these like oh, cryptid okay. sightings yeah. and shit like that, UFOs. But the Bigfoot mm-hmm. ones are the best because it's like sometimes it's so stupid and you're just like that is 100% a guy in a suit. <laughs> that that is the one that I just can't get behind. Like if there really was this this missing link out in the forest, how has he not been? definitively <laughs> yeah and if you saw him like how are you not rich <laughs> exactly um but yeah those are the two things oh and then i watched um uh room 237 the other night which i've been dying to watch for a long ass time it's the documentary about the shining and all like the subliminal shit that kubrick put in the movie and all these oh, like awesome. weird conspiracy theories i mean some of it is a little they're stretching a lot of course yeah but it's still pretty interesting and i just love the shining so it was a cool um it was a cool little documentary kubrick specifically opens himself up for that with his directing style how he was so oh yeah anal about each frame being exactly the way he wanted that he opens himself up for that kind of conspiracy theory oh yeah 100 percent. and like he um like one of the main things about it was that like right before the shining he started reading about a lot of books about like um subliminal like sexual messaging in advertisement that would make people buy stuff okay so like he like read all these books about like advertisers putting penises and shit in um like ice ice cubes of like whiskey glasses that they were trying to sell or like whiskey to like Mm -hmm. get people to buy it and it's oh and they say that he uses all that stuff in like the shining now i have to rewatch the shining. <laughs> watch the documentary first and then rewatch the shining no i will what's the name of it again it's called room 237 all right i'll write it down just so i know yeah it's good that's all i've watched in the horror world um so let's get into the loved ones because this one nice. was a doozy 
Um, I can't believe you hadn't seen it before. I actually got it from uh, Nightmare on Film Street. I listened to that podcast. Yeah. They had mentioned it. And it was one of those where they, they sometimes I'll listen to it with no intention of listening, uh, watching the movie at all. Yeah. But they got maybe two minutes into describing it and I shut it off immediately and went to Amazon and <laughs> I watched it. At that time, it wasn't even streaming uh, for free. I actually paid the, the rental thing because oh, I was damn. that interested in it. Yeah, I had I had never even heard about this. So, um, and I didn't watch a trailer. I, like, I didn't want to know anything. All I read was this. I read the IMDb thing, the summary, and it just says, oh, when nice. Brent turns down his classmate, Lola, classmate Lola's invitation to the prom, she concocts a wildly violent plan for revenge. Um, and yeah, it, it's a pretty fucking crazy movie. It's directed by Sean Byron, Byrne? Byrne, I Byrne. believe. Yep. He directed, uh, Devil's Candy as well. Oh, no shit. This was his yeah. first film that he directed though, right? Yes, correct. Yep. So this is his first and it is Australian. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out in 2009 with an hour and 24 runtime, which went by pretty quickly because it's a... Movie you kind of can't take can't take your uh, eyes off of. It's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, it's definitely a brisk watch. You don't feel the hour twenty four. Yeah, I mean, this is my second time watching it, mm-hmm. and I was kind of expecting like you know you watch a movie, you know the plot points already. It drags a little, mm-hmm. and it 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 was over like just like that again. I was so enthralled in it, it the second time as much as I was the first. Yeah. All right, so let's get into some spoiler talk. What um did you like? What what do you like about this movie? So uh, I think what I really like most is the characters are so believable, especially for like a high quote unquote high school horror film. Mm-hmm. You always you always get like those twenty something year olds, like the Ryan Phillips in uh, you know I know what you did last summer, like that, like yep. that guy's not in high school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These characters feel believable, and in high school, especially Lola, yeah, uh, when she first asks Brett. Uh, to prom and she, he turns her down which oh by the way he does perfectly reasonable and not like a dick at all i know which is like i think one of the most um like cringe inducing parts of watching this movie is he he truly doesn't deserve it as opposed to other victims in other horror movies where they have some kind of character flaw yeah that like caused their own kind of doom and you would he expect them so- has like a cliche douchebag yeah like the nah you're ugly or some kind of like some kind of blow off like that but he is super polite about it Mm -hmm. but when lola's in that setting she feels just as home at home in high school in the class in in the hallways as she does later on in the prom dress with the paper crown and the drill (laughs) so i think the character (laughs) is so well written and thought out for this kind of movie yeah and Um. really i just like the uh the writing the foreshadowing is well done we'll get into it i'm sure but like yep. when he that rock climbing scene early on before yep. he gets before he gets captured what i really like about it is when he's climbing and he's having that kind of like suicidal depression moment where he's like hanging off and he's he's wondering you know do i want to live this life anymore and as he slips he instantly grabs for the rock and you see him he's sighing and he's breathing heavy and he's trying to pull up and he makes that decision, I think, at that moment that he wants to live and he still he still cares about life. Yep. And that comes in pivotal later on in the movie. Yep. And I was going to mention that, like, the exposition in this movie is really good. The way that they um, handled the characters and the development of the characters throughout, even, like, the him carrying that razor blade around his neck the whole time. Exactly. It comes back and I was like, oh, that's clever. I, that's, 
like one thing about this movie that really stuck out to me was just how clever it was in general. And, and that razor blade has a reason there too that fits the world. Like it's always so cliche when you're watching an action movie and like the guy's got like he he picks uh you know picks a pin or something like that and now he's like cutting through the rope. He he has it because it's part of his character. Yeah, exactly. He's emo. He he's cutting like yep. he has that, and for it to then show up so like prominently later on it's just great writing and he has it because of a tragic moment and even that is foreshadowing something that happens towards the end as well like exactly. him losing his father everything kind of comes full circle in this movie um yeah that's the other thing even as you're watching the b plot with the the friend and the prom date and you're like well this is fun it's probably just for like you know comedic relief that that kind of thing it plays in perfectly at the end is where you're almost like holy shit how did i not see that coming yeah yeah, it's pretty great. Um, well, let's run through a little bit of the kind of the scenes, what goes down. Um, so we have the beginning, like we mentioned, she asks him to prom. Um, he politely says no and mm-hmm. has that little suicidal moment. The night was that that was the same night, right? Of the prom. Yeah, that that's before. I think it's important to mention too that why he's suicidal is um, yeah, exactly his dad. The, the film, yeah, the film starts. He he, it's his first day on the road driving. He's with his father, and he, you know, he's talking, having a conversation with him. He looks up. All of a sudden, there's this essentially walking corpse in the yeah. middle of the road. He swerves to misses it, swerves back on, slams the tree. We cut to months later, and we find out that his father is dead, and he completely changed. He's got like the greasy caked hair. He's yep. got the flannel, the like we talked about, the razor blade around his neck. He's a completely different person. You can tell how much that's that's weighing and weighing on him. Yep. And but then... yeah, so that then he goes he he goes home and he has that rock climbing moment because uh his mom is very like <laughs> you can tell she doesn't want to say it, but she's blaming him for the father. Yeah, she's kind of a and, creepy and, like, character a too. Way. Yeah, she she almost kind of reminds me of the of the mother in Hereditary, where it's yeah, like, she does. She like you, you just come out and say you're resentful rather than like being like uh, like uh, passive. So passive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she even has that moment where, which I think is kind of funny, where she's like, "Oh no, I'll give you money for a cab to get there. At least that's professional drivers. Maybe in Australia, but America, that that that's <laughs> yeah, that's not true." <laughs> <laughs> probably more danger in that <laughs> yeah those cab drives are probably killed more people <laughs> um, yeah, as a, after he has that experience with the mother it's when he goes out and he has this little emo tantrum for lack of a better term out by the rock <laughs> and i love the like death metal vibe that they were c- kind of bringing into the movie yeah well, the score i think really fits like most part it's it's sparse compared to like other horror films mm-hmm. but i think it fits perfectly the tone yeah um and that's the and then as he climbs up there, he's listening to music and smoking some weed. He gets um, kidnapped. Yeah, chloroformed. And, and they kill his dog, which was the moment I was like, "Fuck these people!" Yeah, that's always, that's always the good signal of uh, this killer's irredeemable. Mm-hmm. That's with the animal. Yep. Um, they even have the heartbreak. They they can't just kill the dog instantly. He's got to have a drawn out where you think he's gonna make it, and then the girlfriend's taking for care of him. And oh no. Yeah. And while this is all happening, the friend, his friend, I forget his name. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure of the friend's name. I, I call him Party Dude. Yeah, Party Dude. Jamie, that's his name. That's it. Is taking out his, taking out a, another girl from the high school to the prom, which this was yeah. the only thing that felt a little weird to me. Like, 
And I know it comes full circle at the end, but I just feel like they spent a lot of time with these two characters and didn't really need to. So, um, I, I kind of feel that, uh, I think you could have cut down on their time, yeah. but I think what's interesting about that is you're seeing another side of, um, the depression issue mm-hmm. with, with the girl. Cause she's, we, well, spoilers, we find out she is pretty much going through the same situation he is, yeah, yeah. um, but just from a different side and you kind of, I think she's just there to show up like the acting out, like what Brent could have been doing yeah where where she's like fine i'll play the the emo goth girl role and i'll go oh you want me to drink you want me to be slutty she does all those things but it's clearly not her character it's just her way of acting out against society and what she's feeling i think she's also the embodiment of what um like the result of what the family does you know what i mean yes exactly like that's you know correlated with them yeah, and it's also that even in a almost like more morbid way, it's the not knowing like she, like she they don't ha- that family doesn't have the closure. Yeah, All exactly. No, he'd still be out there. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, he gets kidnapped. We get to see his friend taking out this goth emo girl. I think her name was Mia. Yeah, Mia. Uh, something like that. Yep, yep. Um, to the prom, they're drinking and doing all their things that they do. Um, and then the fucked up shit starts going down where (laughs) our main character, Brent, is brought to a house with a father, a daughter, who is Lola, who asked him to the prom uh, prior, and an old lady named Bright Eyes. Yeah, Bright Eyes is maybe the the Loki most effed up part. (laughs) And the implication she might serve, I, I guess, in my way. I, let me know if you've got this vibe, but I feel like she she might have been the 40th, 50th woman they tried that on, the father did. I I almost get the vibe that Bright Eyes was the, the what we talk, princess, I guess, to the mm-hmm. frog of um, the father because... It's clear that that Lola has some disdain, not some, a ton of disdain for her. Yeah, definitely. And and I think maybe the father, she's meant to show that the father went through a similar process and went through a few women, finally got to the one he had, and now he's passing the tradition down to the daughter in that's, a perverse way. I didn't think about it that way, but you know what? That's probably true. <laughs> Because that's just a vibe. Because otherwise, I mean, I guess she could have been opposed to what they were doing. But then, why would she have been in a relationship with him in the, in the first place? I, I get the vibe that she was like the the prequel to a movie, to yeah. this movie, like the prequel we didn't see. Yeah, maybe. Or if it, like what I got was just the literal interpretation of it was just her mom that they ended up not liking or something. I don't know. But that's a good. Yeah, adjust- it's, I, it's I think it's possible. I think that makes more sense. Yeah, I I do. It is a hundred percent the mom though. Cause she, you do you know, she does get to the point where she she does call her mother. Like once, you know, spoilers, the father's gone. Yeah, yeah. But, but I love the idea that that's not her real mom. Yeah, and that's because I mean, the scar in her head is seems like it's really old. Yes, definitely. You can tell it's been a while since what was done to her was done to the other people. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, 
So then this this is when things turned very Texas Chainsaw Massacre for me. I, w- I was just going to say the same thing. It was very reminiscent of the Texas original Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. dinner. It's like if it, it was like even framed the same exact way. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a yeah, point of definitely. view shot with all the family members looking into camera. And I was like, damn, this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Leatherface being a 16 year old girl. Yeah, it definitely made me uh, not want to drink drink milk for a while. <laughs> yeah. like that that scene really. Yeah, it was fucked up. up. Um, but then you find out that this family is truly freaking insane. Um, she is looking for a prom queen or someone to uh, be her lover and marry her. Her prince. She's prince, looking for yeah. her prince among her the frogs is what she says to him later on. And you do the get a. Shows a scrapbook too. To yep, yep. And you do get a a weird glimpse right before she puts on her prom dress that her dad is like weirdly in love with her. Yeah, there's there's clearly a sexual tension throughout the movie, and they they're they're constantly looking away and sharing mm-hmm. awkward glances that isn't right. Uh, yeah, the, the family's disturbed on many many a level. <laughs> they're fucked and up. The dinner is. It's a, just the dinner part is just the tip of the iceberg until they go later. Yeah. I mean, I I think one of the the like I would say highlight scenes of this movie in in just a very uncomfortable way is when Brent you know wants to go to the bathroom and he can't talk because they, that's the first thing they do is inject the bleach into their uh, yep. the, the the some of the ways that they torture this guy is so inventive in this movie that it, I wonder how sick Sean Burn I know right and it's stuff I've never <laughs> seen before like not even the like saw movies or any of the crazier yeah. torture movies I haven't seen and, um, and even the even the things you might have seen before they do in a twisted way like the scene i'm talking about like when, when he's like i want to you know he, he, he tries to croak that he he needs to go to the bathroom yeah and she's like one or two so he, he says one and she downs the milk and then gets down and places it there you know <laughs> expecting him to pee yeah and it's just this unnerving scene you could tell right away that obviously he was just trying to like look for a way out and was trying to trick her yeah and she sees through it so she you know she tells the father to get a hammer and like this is what I talk about when like inventive like nailing. Yes, we we've seen it. I mean, it's it's literally in the Bible nailing people's feet to things. Yeah, yeah. But they get these just gross steak knives and <laughs> yeah. hammer them to the floor, and you're like, oh my god, could you think of a crueler way to do that? Yeah. And that's after he gets away, so he does escape once. Yes. Yes. Kicks Lola into the table and, and bolts mm-hmm. and they like throw rocks at him and shit until he falls out of a tree. <laughs> yeah, he showcase showcases that climbing once again. Very yep. important with the climbing. <laughs> the climbing the climb check is very important. Yeah, and but, uh, like you, I, I don't know where he was going with that one. I, I get that he's trying to get away, but you're in a tree. It's yeah, like, you gotta just run, dude. Case, <laughs> worst case scenario is they just get bored and I don't know, walk away for a while. Mm-hmm. And just wait. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then they bring him in and nail his feet to the floor with, like, steak knives. Yeah. And do that, um, she says, I would like to draw now, or something like that, where she oh, draws no. this weird, I, I don't know if it's some kind of satanic or demonic symbol. Like, this is where things got a little, like, supernatural. Mm-hmm. For, what do you mean? For me, like, when she drew the symbol on him. Oh, so actually, I took that as just like her childish nature, and she was like, like you would do to a tree. 
Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Uh, John plus uh, Kate or something like that. Yeah. She was literally carving her initials in a heart on him as if he was a tree. That like is he, true. And, and then to make it even worse, she throws the salt on him. Yeah, that was fucked up. I think that scene, like I said, show, just shows the kind of immaturity level you're dealing with her where she's so violent and calculated, but it is behind like the rage of a you know, an unrequited teen girl. Oh yeah, for sure. I forget that. I forgot that it was, she carved their initials. I thought it was like some weird demonic symbol or something. You would think because of a carving, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that it was just the initials. Yeah, it was almost like marking a tree. Yeah. And that leads into maybe like, I think the most iconic scene of this movie is when there is, he has him still nailed with steak knives to the floor up, and he can't dance, so she's kind of just shimmying him around. He's <laughs> yeah. got the blood, the gore, just the, the salt all over him. And the creepy-ass father is standing on his chair, just sprinkling confetti into the caked, bloody hair of him. It's just yeah. a scene you don't see everywhere. And, and I don't, I don't, everything about this movie is just so inventive to me in, in a genre that like has been done before. Yeah, and that was like my one of my main notes. I mean, it's old ideas executed in a new, clever way that I didn't even expect. <laughs> yeah, I thought think that's I would an excellent even, way to put it. Yeah, and like it, it mixed kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Carrie, and even like a little bit of Misery. Yes, yes, definitely. So I thought that that was great, and yeah, that that um that scene was particularly fucked up and. Ridiculous. Juxtaposed to like then them actually dancing at the prom is like (laughs) hell of a night Brett's going through compared to his buddy who was having the time of his life. Yeah. And I was like, how the fuck is this kid gonna get out of this? Oh yeah, it's insane. I mean, we're about to get into it, but that I think the whole third act is really well done. Um So what's going on with the two friends at this point? They're at the prom and drinking and shit. Yeah, they're start they're starting to get into a, a little trouble by the the, the principal. They're oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's she right. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so see see what I mean? Like it kept going back and forth to them, but their storyline, like I understand the character and like what they were trying to do. I just felt like it was overplayed. Yeah. No. I I actually definitely see your point. I I think like I said, they could definitely cut time down. Most of that story, I feel, is to give you that reveal at the end where you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I can't believe this is all kind of connected. Yeah, that's really what it was there for. Yeah. Oh, and the the mom and the sister are looking. Not the sister, the girlfriend. The girlfriend, yeah. Had she, been she's searching. come over. Yep. She, she, she realized. And I, I think, is that the point where she finds the card about the, that he was going to give her? All, all the, the, the cheesy, cringy card that only a teenager would give? Yeah. About, uh, <laughs> all, I'm Humpty Dumpty and you did what all the King's men couldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> is it something only a, uh, a high school would give us? <laughs> exactly. And Evo won at that. <laughs> um,. So yeah, he's still getting tortured and shit, and that's when they, when do they reveal, I thought this was the craziest part of the movie for me, I mean, that the father sprinkling the the confetti while they're dancing was, like, fucked up, but the craziest yeah, part is when they open up the fucking, they open up the floors, and there's, like, yes. an entire dungeon in the basement with, like, you hear, like, creatures 
shrieking and shit. Mm-hmm. And they feed them like a pot. They feed the creatures like a possum or something that they. It was like yeah, roadkill. Yeah, the road the roadkill that he picked up on the way back. On the way back, chloroform and Brett. Yeah. So had she already drill? Did she already drill his head at this point? Uh she tried to. Uh, you could tell, and that's what I like about Lola's characters. You could obviously the hat, you know, the hole in the floor gives away that they've done this a couple of times. Yeah. But this is really Lola, and I don't know if the prom situation has been done every time. I'm guessing probably, but this is definitely Lola's first time doing the lobotomy herself because yeah. she tries to drill him at first, and she doesn't go in deep enough. Yeah. So they have to try it again. The drill overheats, and that's what gives Brett the opportunity to uh, fight back. But yeah, it's revealed that they this has been a cycle. They've done this to a couple of guys, more than a couple. Yeah. And what they do is they take a power drill, they drill into your head, and then they take some boiling water and yep. pour it right into your skull, lobotomize you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, is, up to this point, you're like, yeah, these people are sick, but I, I don't know. Like This was a whole nother level of... There's something about that. It's, it's the same kind of thing with... Um, it's, it's a specific kind of body horror where being trapped in your own body and not being able to do anything about it. It's the same kind of feeling I got from Get Out when he gets hypnotized and yeah. he's down, stuck in the uh, the way down place. Yep. It, it, it's like being trapped in your own body and having no control. And that that's what they're doing with this boiling hot water and power drill. Yeah, that was that was fucked up. And she said something. I forget what she says. It's like um, once you pour the water down, they become something or other like like they're not even human anymore yeah she refers to them as frogs because of the the croaking first the first the bleach the, the yeah, thing the makes it so they can't talk they croak and then their brains are completely fried they act like animals down there and you gotta imagine the ones that are quote-unquote lucky enough to be surviving down there are being fed by the weaker the weaker humans that get tossed down there or the roadkill like we were shown yeah yeah and that's where i thought um the kind of supernatural came out because I was like, are these people like creating monsters? Like some weird, like before you see them, you know what I mean? Like they, all mm-hmm. you heard was the shrieking and shit. I'm like, are there fucking monsters down there? I'm like, is this movie going to take a complete 180? Yeah, it did feel, the first time I watched it, I was like, and, and I'm always wary about that kind of twist. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> so I was like, wait, wait a minute, what are we doing? <laughs> I, I was pleasantly surprised at what they were what they were doing with it mm-hmm. especially when you when you think back to the beginning of the movie and the car scene with brett and his father yeah and then that's when you also find out that one got away yes um so they what happens after that so he he when he gets free he he, takes oh, yeah, he the, gets free I, he takes it he stabs the father multiple times in the neck yeah and that's what that's where i was like and this is my favorite part about movies like last house on the left is when they finally get to get back at those people. Like, yeah. they've been taking shit the entire movie, <laughs> and now this is their chance to get back. This is especially, yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about with Brett being, like, such a, I, I t- think, a nice guy through the whole thing, where he's not, like, he wasn't bullying her or anything. Yeah. So to see him finally get back, and he he does get back, man, he jams that into the father's neck multiple times. And yeah. Shoves him right down into the little hell hole they had created. Yeah, and gets eaten. Yeah, so that's what I mean about that. The, the clearly, their sustenance is human flesh. Yeah, for sure. And he beats the shit out of Lola too. Yes, he does. <laughs> I love when I'm watching horror movies and shit like this happens. You hit a certain point where someone has taken so much torture, and like you said, it's such a redeeming thing. And yeah. I'm literally saying at the TV, I'm like, beat the shit out of her. <laughs> yeah, 
it makes you almost into the monster because they've been taking this shit and you want to see them get back, but you're like, yeah, no, make it more gratifying. Yeah, you know, one more. And I'm like, what am I saying? Why am I saying exactly. to beat the shit out of this girl? <laughs> this, this Terminator of a girl, as we'll see. Though. Yeah. So um, he beats the shit out of her. He thinks she's knocked out. He goes to look into the hole. And sure enough, she comes back and pushes him right in. Yeah, and that's and that's when we get into like really, I think the scariest. Yeah, the part scariest of the movie part of the is, movie. Like we said, I, like I was just saying, I, that whole loss of control is is really what creeps me out. Yeah, and to think of being stuck down there, even oh, man. without take away all the gross frog creatures yeah. <laughs> down there that are trying to tear him limb from limb, just looking up and not realizing there's really no way out of that situation oh, yeah. and once they clo- once she closed the doors and it was like pitch black i was like i would have a fucking panic attack oh exactly <laughs> and, and but the will the only reason he has that will to survive is what she says before she closes it. she says i'm gonna you know i'm gonna get you back yeah, what um, you did to me yep. first i'm gonna kill your mom and then i'm going for the girlfriend because she broke my heart yep so i mean he get, he has that motivation like we said foreshadowing earlier you're gonna see how he gets out of, <laughs> out of that that hole yep and in the meantime, this is when his girlfriend finds out that um, she remembers that he told her that Lola asked her to prom. Exactly. And she it, calls and it, the sheriff. Yeah. Well, at this point, the cop had already been out looking because the mother had called him first. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, we can get into it now. Why? Yep. Because, I, I th- you know, in most in most movies, you're going to see the cop is very much like by the book where they're like, you know, the person has to be missing 24 hours, blah, 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 fill out some paperwork and stuff. Yep. But that this cop is like, you could, and you found out why, he goes out right away, he's looking for clues, and it turns out that his son is missing. And he, he probably just clued into the fact that I only have so much time to try to solve and get as many clues as possible. And like you said, he's out looking for clues, and that's when the girlfriend remembers it's Lola and clues him in to uh, check out that house. Yep. And that's the, also the connection that the, the goth girl, Mia, is his daughter. So it was her brother. Exactly. Yeah. And there, there's that awesome scene at the end where she, she's gone through the whole party. And you've seen her be a complete degenerate, for lack of a better term. But yeah. she gets home and she said so few words. And I think that's what I kind of like dig about this scene is she's done said so few words for the entire movie. But she just completely breaks down when she gets home, and that's when she has her most lines in the entire movie. And she just looks at the dad crying and says, "Why can't you find him?" Yep. And that, and it's that's when it hits you a ton of bricks. That's the guy who escaped. That's what connected Brett. It's yep. Everything has been set in motion by this family who has this kind of serial killer network that no one knows about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Lola shows that in the the scrapbook. There's so many people. Yeah, exactly. Down to uh, you. I mean, you're you're thinking maybe it's a more something she grew into through the influence of the father. But there's scenes. I mean, uh, pictures in that scrapbook that look maybe like she's eight years old. Yeah, and, really young. Like, yeah, and a boy that's clearly tied to a chair. If you look hard enough in yep. the photo. Yep. So it's, it's something up. that they've been practicing for a really, really long time. Yeah. And uh, so, like we said, he, he she she locks um, Brett down in the thing. And at that point, it's when that's when it's revealed that Bright Eyes is her mother. Yep. Because the first thing she does once the father's out of the picture is smother her. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't like I, I you can tell that she hated her through the entire movie. I'm assuming it's because of the 
sexual tension between her and the father and maybe being jealous but yeah she also <laughs> mentions she's like oh i'm i've been looking for this man this whole time but none of them are like you to her dad yeah. you're my prince and yeah that's and that's why kinda... she, that's why she doesn't like any of them yeah exactly but that that's the part where i'm a little confused like do, do they that's where i do they go through that routine every time does she say you know the prince or is this like the first kind of aha moment for her where she's like no i'm clearly only into my creepy ass dad i got that it was the first time like i think it was a realization for her so that's what i thought too but then as i was uh re-watching it i was like ah, i don't i don't know how much of the stuff is the first time like the prom aspect and mm -hmm. how much of it is just a played out routine that they do yeah because you gotta imagine she's she's more active than just prom season it seems like based off the scrapbook <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't know. It's a good point, though. Yeah. Um. So what happens? We got. So that's when Lola takes off, and she uh she starts walking. I'm not I'm not sure why there's. Oh, she does start walking. The, there's the police vehicle there, but she takes the scrapbook with her and she starts walking. <laughs> yeah. And that and that's when the girlfriend is coming down because she I guess she she figured out uh where Lola lives. Oh, we forgot to mention that the the dad got to the house. And Lola yeah, killed the cop. Yeah, the cop was um, less than useful. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> he walked it. And, and that's, that's another thing. I, I mean, you see it in every movie, but he gets, you know, hatcheted, meat cleaver to the face and tossed down in yep. to the hole with Brett. And that's before she closes it. And Brett gets the gun and wastes every single bullet. Yeah, I was like, don't fucking shoot every bullet, man. <laughs> But yeah, so, I, so you get the typical horror movie cop who who shows up. He's figured it out, but you know he can't do anything. Yeah. So, but she, so that's that cop's car is there, and she doesn't bother taking it. I don't know if she maybe she just doesn't know how to drive or whatever. Yeah, maybe. But so that that's when she's walking off, and the girlfriend's heading to the house, and she notices right away and takes the scrapbook and tosses it right out into the road. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's the windshield. <laughs> Yeah, and then attacks the girlfriend. Yep, in one of the I, one of the most tense knife things I've seen. Oh in yeah, in a while. It's like this girl doesn't have a knife, and you know she's one second away. You know how brutal this girl can be. Well, yeah. and she just one second away, one strike from getting home, and she somehow managed to get away. But that sound design there was great of like the knife yeah, hit in the pavement. They did yep. a really good job with that, especially later on. Like so, they they fight back. This is Brett finally escapes. If you want to mention how he escapes, it's the climbing thing we've been hitting. Yeah, yeah we've been just hinting that. at he's, he can climb well. <laughs> yeah. So he ends up slashing all and killing all the frogs down there, yep. piling up maybe a nine foot tower of bodies. <laughs> and that he climbs out, he gets the keys, and he takes off in the cop car. And he, he's barreling down the road trying to get to his mom and his girlfriend to save them. And that's when he comes across the scene and just wallops. <laughs> yeah. Wallops. <laughs> so now, and this is the point I wanted to make about that knife sound that we were talking about. So now that Lola, Lola is out of the picture, they're having a nice little reunion moment. The girlfriend's just so relieved to see him, but also horrified at what he's yeah. visibly been through. In shock. And you hear that clanging. Yeah, the sound design, sharp man. sharp tip hitting the, the pavement. Yeah. And they cut to like I like I mentioned earlier the most Terminator scene of this movie. <laughs> yeah. And Lola with, with her arm in three different places, leg bent, and 
uh, yep. is dragging herself with just one arm and a knife across the pavement, just trying to get to them. And you know, rationally in her head, she knows that there's nothing she can do nah. to, yeah. to, to finish that. But she just has this singular hatred that she's going to enact some kind of revenge on these people. She's beyond tapped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's when in the glorious final shot, <laughs> Brett puts the car in right reverse. <laughs> slows down it goes into a little slow motion action yeah and the final before the credits roll is just her head plunking <laughs> off the back <laughs> when i heard her knife start like um clanking and you see her all you know mangled, mangled and shit and she's moving i'm like just throw that thing in reverse please yep. <laughs> sure <as> shit <laughs> you see the reverse lights go on i'm like yes oh <laughs> uh, yeah it was great um but yeah, and that, that's kind of the moment right from there. It's a full character uh, arc, you know? You have the beginning of the movie where he wants to kill himself, and we talked about yes. this, and he catches mm-hmm. catches himself on the cliff, and now he catches himself to pull himself up to not exactly. only save himself, but save other people. All the ones he cares about, exactly. Yeah. So, like, that yeah. was cool. I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a really cool movie about just kind of finding that will to live and, and really what is to see him flirting with being suicidal in the beginning of the movie to then the extreme lengths he goes to to survive is really just a cool juxtaposition that they show. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so that's it. That's all of the loved ones. That was the longest review we've done on this podcast <laughs> and probably the best because <laughs> I don't go into shit this deep, so it's good. Um, to have yeah. someone else to, to bounce stuff, bounce shit off of. No, it's, it's fun. I've been wanting to talk about that movie for a while. <laughs> a while. Yeah. I've been trying to get people at work to uh, watch it. And now that it's streaming, I've been really pumping it hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fun It's a fun movie. And it's it's very tongue-in-cheek. It's very aware of its of its comedic, you know, yeah. cheesy one-liner moments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that just made it all the more fun in a very fucked up kind of way because it's a super fucked up movie. Yeah, it really is. Um, so yeah, the loved ones. It is gory gossip approved. Uh, I would say ch- definitely check it out. It is streaming yeah, on Amazon Prime. Prime, yeah, yes. for free. Yes. Um. So yeah, I just have like three or four news stories. If you want to stick around and go through them quick. Alrighty. Um. First things first. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm super excited because I'm obsessed with collecting the 4K UHD Blu-rays. But um, yes. the Hitchcock classics are coming to 4K Ultra HD in September with Psycho Uncut for the first time in the U.S. Beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. I still have. I'm actually staring at my copy of Psycho on Blu-ray HD right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have the um, the five movie collection. I think it is. It's like the Birds, Vertigo, uh, Psycho. Nice rear window and one more but i'm really excited for this this is going to be a set that will include cycle the birds rear window and vertigo perfect beautiful and it'll be released on september 8th 2020 yeah that that's a must pick up for me that classic hedgehog is perfect it's and to get all the best ones in that collection yeah and all the special features and the 4k remaster it's going to look fucking great yes exactly I can't wait. Um, another Blu-ray collection coming out. Uh, Friday the 13th franchise collection Blu-ray set coming from Scream Factory. Ooh, this is right up my alley. I love Friday the 13th. <laughs> this is going to be a 16-disc Blu-ray collection. 
Nice. Um, deluxe edition set for October 13th, 2020. I wonder if that's a Friday the 13th. I'm hoping. I'm going to check right now. Hold on. Because <laughs> that'll be great. Now, is that going to include every single one? Because I know they've been in a bit of a dispute over who owns the rights to Friday the 13th back and forth. I know. And that's kind of what crippled the uh, in-game support. Because I loved that uh, that video game. The yeah. Friday 13th video I don't game. know. It says, based on what we've heard, there will be a new Jason Lives commentary featuring uh, Tom Matthews and CJ Graham. And the set will include the unrated cut of Jason Goes to Hell. Okay. So I don't know I don't know if it's gonna be everything, but I'm guessing sixteen yeah. discs. Sounds like it. It sounds like it will be. I just know that they were in that legal dispute. I didn't know where they got with that because they were I, I like I said, I played the Friday thirteenth game heavily uh-huh. and they were talking uh, Jason X content. Like they were gonna put the Grendel, the ship in it, like oh, new shit. Jason, Uber Jason, all that kind of stuff. And uh right before they were they were uh gonna finish it is when they got into the battle and they couldn't make any more content at all and now that team moved on to the uh the predator game oh for, uh, man. sony i never got to but, play the, the friday 13th game i heard it was pretty good though i i love it so i i played dead by daylight as well and yeah yeah i remember you talking it, about it, that game it yeah it, the only thing that kind of stinks is like i want to combine the two like i like all the licensing and content that dead by daylight gets but i just found that friday the 13th was a more dynamic game in my opinion mm-hmm. because of the variety of ways you could escape whereas in dead by daylight your pretty much sole way of escaping the killer is to you know turn on all the generators and then escape through the gate yeah where friday the 13th you could fix the phone and call the police you could fix boats you could fix cars all that kind of stuff or you could just wait out jason you could kill jason and there was all kinds of stuff that was just tied into the lore like like how you kill Jason is exactly how they kill him in Friday the 13th part two. So it's just, it it was such a dynamic game. Yeah. That's cool. It's really, it was a, it was a rip too soon, sadly. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for this because I haven't, there's a lot of Friday the 13th that I haven't seen. Um, yeah. So I'm going to have to pick this up and watch all of them. Yeah. It's what, it's where the, uh, just for people out there, part three is my favorite. Just so people know. (laughs) I hear part three is the best. Yeah, part three is definitely my favorite. It, it's, I mean, it introduces the iconic hockey mask, but I just think that setting, the, the, that, the particular house where they are for that one is just perfect. Yeah. I think I've only seen one and two. Yeah. I, 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 I know I've missed, I've, maybe I haven't seen five. There's a few that I've missed, but I mean, they're, they're all special in their own way. Even uh, Jason takes Manhattan and holds a dear place in my heart. <laughs> Um. All right, moving on to some weird, unexpected news. Uh, Netflix Chilling Adventures of Sabrina will end after one last batch of new episodes this year. I thought this show was super popular. Yeah, so that's, a, I, I mean, I, I've only watched the first season just because I, I fell behind. It's not an indictment on the show or anything. Yeah, but yep. I, it, I feel like it's one of the most, maybe it's just that kind of social media echo chamber, but I thought it was one of the more talked about Netflix shows, especially within like the net, quote unquote, quote, Netflix community. No, for sure. I think I thought it was one of the most popular Netflix originals. Yeah, exactly. Especially with the teen demographic, like I just felt like it was one of those shows that, like, like a uh, Gossip Girl back in the day, where like all the kids in high school yeah. were kind of talking about it. But I guess not. And I think it's much better than a show like Gossip Girl or even Riverdale. Yeah. Like, like I, I know it's marketed to be like a Riverdale spinoff and ship. I think it's much better. I, I've seen all of the seasons, and I, I was like, this is a much better show than 
then yeah I, w- I was very impressed with how they took the first season even where i was going in and i was expecting a little bit of the camp and they, there's some of it but oh it, yeah it, it is a very different tone and i think it it works for what they were doing yeah um but yeah part four i guess yes yeah, it's gonna be the final season um okay. in part four the eldritch terrors will descend upon greendale the coven must fight each terrifying threat one by one the weird the return the darkness all leading up to the void which is the end of all things as the witches wage war with the help of the fright club nick begins to slowly earn his way back into sabrina's heart but will it be too late so yeah it's gonna, it's gonna be like a fucking end of the world type season and they're just gonna survive and then it's gonna be the end yeah, it sounds like they're going for broke. But at least it sounds like they know it's their final season, which I think is one of the biggest lights that they give to shows nowadays, yeah. where they just make you end, yeah. <laughs> and you really get no closure. So at least they'll have a chance to wrap it up, it seems. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and two stories left. Carry on. Have you heard of this game? I have not. So... I'm- there's this new game coming out called Carry On, and it's um, going to be on Steam and consoles on July 23rd, so a couple weeks, next week. Okay. Um, and it's a pretty cool concept. It's 8-bit or 16-bit or whatever, uh, side-scroller, and it is a reverse horror game in which you assume the role of an ana- anom- anorphous creature of unknown origin. You stalk and consume those that imprisoned you to spread fear and panic throughout the facility, grow and evolve as you tear down this prison and acquire more and more devastating abilities on the path to retribution. So you play the villain in the 16-bit game where all these people are like trying to kill you and you just go around and like destroy. That, that does sound interesting. Like you're, you're some kind of like lab experiment. Yeah. <laughs> you're escaping. It's, it's an interesting concept that you're getting revenge on the facility and you're leveling up your abilities yep. as you go on. That, it, that does sound like you know, I'm definitely going to check out. It looks really cool. Check out the trailer. I'm excited I for will. it. I might pick it up. Um, It's a very interesting concept that I haven't seen before. Yeah, the, the last horror thing I've played right now is I'm playing through The Last of Us, but I mean, that's not real real horror it's more man versus man i need to get a playstation to play that game yeah no it's it's good um no spoilers because i'm do i'm not that far in but Mm. i'm enjoying my time with it i know people have had problems with it but i'll I'll see when i get to those problems i've heard mixed things but i still want i still would love to play it exactly and i also want to check out uh, oh go ahead ahead. um i was saying i still want to check out um blair witch for console yeah i i, I played that um one was on game pass and i i enjoyed that it it's definitely uh, it's along the lines of uh like a slender like that kind of walking horror oh, simulator okay. yeah but uh it, it's cool it's got a cool um like dog mechanic in there where the dog helps and goes and finds out clues for you but you have to take care of it you can't let it get too far away and stuff oh that's cool which which, I, I mean, I'm already, like, on edge during horror games, but now I have to care for this dog. <laughs> yeah, it I know, was right? very, very um, anxiety-inducing. Stress- stressful. <laughs> yeah, I want to check it out. It does look pretty cool, and it just came out for the Switch, so I want to grab it for that. Yeah, that actually sounds like a perfect Switch game. Yeah. Uh, and last piece of news for the night. Uh, Halloween Kills has officially been bumped to October 2021. Bummer. Yeah, I mean, you had to see it coming with all the corona yeah. stuff going around and all the projects being canceled or pushed, but it, it's just a bummer because I think they were done with it. 
and they're just kind of waiting to release it in uh, the most advantageous time, which yeah. makes sense. You want them to make their money so they can keep making those movies. But oh, for sure. goddamn, if I didn't love the last one so much, dude, it was this one so now. good. <laughs> I mean, this goes without saying about Carpenter. The, the yeah. score was oh my incredible. god, that was the best thing they could have done is yeah. got Carpenter back for the score. Dude, that movie, I got chills in that movie like so many yeah. times. Like this is fucking brilliant. I, um, I I still can vividly see the scene where uh, Michael first shows up in the town and he's chasing the uh, the girl through through uh, town with the, the the boyfriend's friend there. Oh yeah, and when that score for that modified Halloween <laughs> yeah. like stalking theme with the oh, it's so good. Yeah, so and we went good. to go see it in theater, and I'm I'm kind of glad they're pushing it because I did not want to watch this come straight to to you know streaming to rent yeah, for the, the TV. Like I I wanted to go see this in the movie theater. Yeah, especially the quality that they exhibited in the first one. It's really a theater experience. Oh, 100%. Especially if they... I'm sure they're going again with Carpenter for the score, so you got to yeah, listen to I, it I with mean, the system. I'm, yeah, I'm assuming so, because yeah, he's the one I saw with the announcement on social media, yeah, so yeah. he's definitely involved. So yeah, October 21, we'll be seeing it. And, oh, Universal has agreed to an IMAX presentation of the film on October tw- uh, 2021. Oh, there we go. Fuck yeah, go watch it in that's, IMAX. That's the way to see it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sick. All right, well, that'll do it. That's the news that we have. That's the review that we have. Um, thanks, man, for coming on. I appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. It was a blast. Yeah, um, we'll have to get you on again because it's, like I said, it's so much better. <laughs> Not talking to myself. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Um, follow Gory Gossip on Twitter at Gory Gossip, on Letterboxd at Gory Gossip. And like I said in the beginning, uh, we're on all streaming apps. So follow, like, share, subscribe. Uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Um, and yeah, thanks again, man. No, thank you. We'll see you. Goodbye.